0: All right, everyone, good morning. And uh, I want to mention, too, these beautiful poinsettias were given to us by um, Connie, Connie Vasquez, who had a friend who works in a, a nursery. She said, anyone, if you want if you want to take one home with you today, go ahead and please uh, do so. So these are for the taking, all right? Otherwise, we'll probably, you know, they will toss them or something. So if you'd like to take one home, take it home today amen um we have some prayer requests a lot of us are out sick a lot of our, our our church family is out sick today and of course we want to pray for Joaquina uh it's recovering at English Oaks all uh, right John right Patricia yeah so um so let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer for all those that are sick among us Father God uh, there's many that are sick right now and and recovering from sickness and we just from our church Lord and we just pray your your hand of healing upon them, Lord. Let your spirit minister uh, your healing. And uh, especially for Joaquina, Lord, as she's recovering right now in rehabilitation at uh, English Oaks. And um, uh, we just pray as well, Lord, her, with her the therapy she'll be doing, that she is doing. And uh, did you strengthen her and heal her? And uh, please uh, uh, give her a quick healing. And uh, please bless her in this way, Father. We thank you, God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, everyone. So, yeah, it's been a it's been a busy time, hasn't it? You know, in our uh, and especially in our country, uh, the travel time, the Christmas travel time. You probably saw in the news the uh, the air the airports around our country and a lot of chaos going on, canceled. Gee was Southwest, what did they cancel? I mean, thousands of flights got canceled. On top of that, you had uh, luggage delays. You had departure, uh, departure delays and luggage mix-ups and stuff like that. The airport can be a frustrating place to be sometimes, amen? And uh, there is a Christian author uh, by the name of Mike uh, Iaconelli that shares a story about a, a, a frustration he had one time at the San Francisco airport, and what turned things totally around for him. I can share that story with you. Mike said this. He said, he says, I travel a lot. And I, I called my son on the phone. Uh, he says, I missed my connection back home. I was angry. I was upset. I called my son. I wanted him to encourage me. I said, man, I'm stuck in the airport. It's been a horrible day. And I've been traveling too much. My son said, you know, Dad, if you didn't travel so much, you wouldn't have things like this happen to you. <laughs> well, I didn't appreciate that, Mike says. I didn't appreciate that. I was ticked off. He said, let me talk to your son, his little baby grandson, two years old. And he said, oh, man. He says, I forgot. When you're two, you can't talk. And when you're 60, you can't hear. <laughs> so that's not a very good combination. But his, fun, his, son, his grandson came on the phone and mumbled some words to him. He's mumbling some words. He says, I was hoping this was going to make me feel better. It's making me feel worse. Finally, he said, I had it. I heard this. I heard this. uh, uh, I was hoping this was going to make me feel better. Uh, I heard the kids playing. Oh, here you go. I heard the phone drop on the floor. Now I hear the kids playing. Here I am, stuck in the airport, miserable, feeling miserable. I'm furious. Now what? Oh, I'm furious. When all of a sudden, I hear crystal clear over the phone, I love you, Grandpa. You know what? All my anxiety, everything went out the window. (laughs) Amen? Amen. Totally turned his life around. Totally turned his frame of mind around. And he goes on to say this. Remember, he's he's a Christian writer. He says, there are people who are so busy and they're at their wits' end if they'd only stop for a minute, they could hear the God of the universe say, whisper to them, I love you. Amen. That is a message God wants the world to hear. That is, the me- that is why the reason God sent his son to the world. God loves the world. He sent his son to save those in the world who would put their faith in him. Amen. That is, that is the message. That is the message. You know, we, we, last week, we, talked, we, we had our Christmas celebration. We looked at the book of Luke. We saw the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ in Luke. Now, Luke, uh, who wrote the book of Luke, was a, a physician and an historian. Luke also wrote the book of Acts. And in the, in the book of Luke, he writes in chapters 1 and 2 about the birth of Jesus. In the book of Acts, he writes about the birth of Jesus' church, which is really the life, Jesus' life being lived out through his church, by his spirit and by his power. We're going to uh, begin a series this morning in the book of Luke. Uh, sorry, book of Acts. We're going to begin a series in the book of Acts. As a matter of fact, if you want to, you can prepare. We're going to read in just a moment from Acts chapter 1. But Acts is a history of the birth and the growth of the Christian church. We're going to see how the Christian church began. We're going to see how it was organized. We'll see the the problems that it had and how it solved those problems with the help of God. In the book of Acts. And the history of the Christian church has its beginning in the book of Acts. And we are a continuation of that history. The story of Christ's church on earth began 2,000 years ago. What we're going to learn from this history or history of the early church isn't just history. We're going to be learning life lessons for our church. Lessons of the empowerment of the church. Lessons of the purpose of the church. So if you're ready, we'll begin. So we're going to turn to Acts chapter 1. And I'll be reading from verses 1 to 11. So if you're able and willing, if you can stand with me for the reading of God's word. We'll read and look at God's word together. And it says this. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, he was eating with them and he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait For the gift of my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Amen. You may be seated. May God's word be blessed. Amen. You know, Luke, Luke, who wrote this, who wrote this account, this history account in the book of Acts, dedicated his work To Theophilus. If you look at verse 1, it says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. If you look at the beginning of Luke, we won't go there now, but he also addresses it to Theophilus. We don't know who Theophilus was. He might have been an emperor in the Roman Empire. But when when Luke says, My former book, he's talking about the gospel. He's talking about the book of the book of Luke. The story of Jesus' life on earth. In the second book that we're reading now, he's talking about the life of the church, Jesus' church on earth. The life of Jesus carried on in his church by his spirit and by his power. So right now, the apostles are preparing for the empowerment of the church, just like you and I are do today. Prepare for the empowering of the church. If you have a bulletin, there, there's an outline on the back. If you'd like to feel that, you may. Get ready for Jesus Christ work in the church by his spirit, by his power. The only, it's only when the church works by Jesus' guidance, by Jesus' spirit, by Jesus' power, that the church fulfills Jesus' purpose. Preparing for the empowerment of the church. The empowerment. What what does it mean for the church to be empowered? How is is the church to be enabled to do its work? Well, first this. The church is enabled to do its work by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. The empowering of the Holy Spirit. Verse 1. Verse 1 and 2, we've already said Luke is addressing to Theophilus, and he said he wrote about Jesus, his, how he began to teach and what he began to do. And then verse 2, it says, Until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he has chosen. Notice, the instructions Jesus gave were instructions through the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit was the source and power of Jesus' earthly ministry. Before Jesus was crucified, died and rose again, he told his disciples of the Holy Spirit. He told them that he was going to send them the Holy Spirit, Luke, uh, John chapter 16 and verse 7. Jesus says this. He says, But I tell you the truth, it's for your good that I go away. Unless I go away... The counselor, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So the church is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, but how are we to be empowered? How are we to be empowered? Jesus tells us the Holy Spirit is to empower us uh, is that what's happening with the church today? It, what, is, is, the Holy, is the church being empowered by the Spirit today? One Christian writer says it this way. He says this. He says in many Christian circles, the Holy Spirit is either neglected, forgotten, or misunderstood. It is absolutely necessary that we de- that, de- to carry on the work of the church that we depend on the Holy Spirit to do the work of Jesus Christ. Being empowered by the Spirit. Jesus is in his church. He is working through his church. And he is working by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Are we following the example of the early church? As they depended on the Holy Spirit for all the work they did. The church should have all the work that we do should be guided by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit. But for that to happen, what do we need to do? To be empowered by the Spirit, we need to wait. We need to wait on the Spirit. Wait on, waiting on the Spirit. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's made appearances to the disciples. And now we're back in Acts 1, 4. Jesus... And and several occasions, for 40 days, he appeared to the disciples. And on one occasion, verse 4, it says this. While he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. Wait for the gift my Father promised, which you've heard me speak about. What is that gift that Jesus promised? In verse 5, it's the Holy Spirit. Wait for the Holy Spirit to be empowered. Don't leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Christian church the, the church, Christian church began in the city of Jerusalem, the capital of the Jews. Let's not forget, Jesus was a Jew. All his original disciples were Jews. Jesus was, was the Messiah the Jews had been waiting for for hundreds of years. And now that Jesus had come and he died, and he'd risen again for the church to begin the way God intended it to begin. They had to wait again. They had to wait for the Holy Spirit. Waiting on God. Waiting on God can be a difficult thing to do. You know, a lot of times we want to run ahead of God, don't we? We've got our own plans. You know, why is it hard? Why is it so difficult to wait? One writer says it this way. In our I want it now society, waiting is hard you know what is waiting it requires patience doesn't it what does it require it requires us to have patience you know god but here's the thing god does his work in his time amen he does his work in his time a lot of times when god wants to do a work in our lives he requires us first to wait i'm probably the poster boy for waiting when it comes to marriage. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've always wanted to get married. But God wanted me to wait. <laughs> 62 years old. That must be some kind of record, huh? My first, <laughs> first time ever getting married. But you know what? God had his purpose. And I'll tell you what, my wife was worth the wait. Amen. Let's give her a hand. <laughs> Praise the <laughs> Lord. We just had our third anniversary last uh, November, praise the Lord. But, you know, waiting, waiting, waiting. King David, David talked about waiting. You know, David wrote most of the Psalms. In uh, Psalm 37, uh, verse 7, David said this. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. How are we to wait? We're to wait patiently. Who are we to wait for? We're to wait for the Lord. Look what else he says. Same chapter, Psalm 37, verse 34. He says, wait for the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to possess the land. What's that telling us? It's telling us God blesses, it's telling us God blesses those who wait on him and walk in his way, okay? Okay. The blessings of God come to those who wait. And, but the thing is, when we run ahead of God, it's when we run ahead of God is when we lose. 1 Samuel chapter 13, Saul. Saul was the first king of Israel. Saul was the first king. He became king when he was 30 years old. And he was having this great battle against the Philistines. Uh, the Philistines, they were, they were all assembled against the, the, the army of Israel. And at this point... At this point, the, Israel was outgunned, <laughs> charioted, and, uh, and outmanned. And the, and the army was scared. They became, the Bible says they were quaking. They were so afraid they were shaking and quaking. And uh, here's the thing. God gave Saul a command. And he told Saul, wait. Wait. Through the, through the mouth of the prophet Samuel, God told Saul, the king, wait seven days. And on the seventh day... Samuel is going to come and make a sacrifice to me for for my favor and blessing upon this battle. So, it had been seven days. And uh, it it was the seventh day. And so far, no Samuel. No Samuel. So, all of a sudden, his army started to scatter. Saul's thinking, i got to do something. You know, i got to do something before they all desert me. So, what does he do? He takes it in his own hands. He moves ahead of God instead of waiting. And he says, I'm going to do the sacrifice myself. I'm just going to do it. And right after he does the sacrifice, who do you think he sees coming? (laughs) That's right, Samuel. Here comes Samuel. Samuel arrives. Saul goes out to greet him. And Samuel knows what happened. And Samuel said, What have you done? Here's Saul. Make an excuse. You know, he explained. He told him what he did. And he disobeyed God, but he's trying to rationalize. Well, this is what happened. I mean, you know, there, I mean, there's so many of them. And, uh, my army was leaving me, and and this, and this, and this. And Samuel told him this, verse 13. First Samuel, verse chapter 13, verse 13. He said, Saul. He said, you have acted foolishly. He told him he had acted foolishly. What would have happened? What would have happened if if Saul had waited? Let's take a look. Verse 13, if he had waited to hear Samuel speaking, you, had not, you have not kept the command that the Lord gave you. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But he didn't. But he didn't. So what was going to happen? Verse 14, but now your kingdom will not endure. Not only would he lose his kingship, but ultimately he would lose his life, all because he did not wait. We need to learn to wait on God, to wait on God's timing, to wait on God's empowering, to wait on God's spirit. The empowering of the church is the empowering that comes from the Holy Spirit as we wait on him. Not only are we to wait to be empowered by the Spirit, but we are to be baptized in the Spirit. Baptized, verse 5, we are to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Going back to Acts chapter 1, it says in verse 5, Jesus speaking, he said, for John baptized you with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. A few days was 10 days. In 10 days, that was going to happen. You see, this was a this was 40 days. This, Jesus ascended into heaven on the 40th day. The day that the Holy Spirit fell upon the church was the day of Pentecost. Pentecost was the annual Jewish festival that took place every year, 50 days after the Passover. So 50 days after the Passover, the Passover which is the day Jesus was crucified. The Holy Spirit fell upon the church, and the church was baptized by the Holy Spirit. We'll see that in weeks to come. But what does it mean to be baptized by the Holy Spirit? What does that mean? You know, every true Christian believer is baptized by the Holy Spirit. To be baptized by the Holy Spirit means you've let Jesus Christ into your heart. You've received his spirit. You've been submerged. That's what, what the word baptized means. You're submerged into his spiritual body. Listen to this. First, First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. Apostle Paul says this about the baptism of the spirit. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. You see, the baptism of the spirit is when you let the spirit in. You become part of the body of Christ. You receive Jesus Christ and his spirit in your life. So the disciples were preparing. The disciples were preparing for the empowerment of the church they were empowered they were empowered by the holy spirit as they waited upon the spirit as they were baptized by the holy spirit then secondly not only were they empowered by the holy spirit but they were empowering that was an empowering to be Christ witness verse 8 to be the witness of Jesus Christ this is really the theme verse really in the whole book of acts this is your theme verse right here verse 8 Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will be my w- Jesus is saying this. One of the primary purposes of the Spirit's power in your life is to be my witness. Who are we a witness of? We're a witness of Jesus Christ. How are we to be a witness to him? We're to strive to be like more like Jesus. How are we to do that? We do it through his spirit, living within us through obedience to his word and surrendering to his will. So to be a witness, first and foremost, is, is to live a life of obedience to the Lord. A witness with your life and then witness with eyes to reach the law. Eyes to reach the lost. You know, when Jesus was taken up into heaven, it says in verse 9, when he was taken up into heaven, that, the, that he, it was before their very eyes. The disciples saw him rise before their very eyes. Let's take a look, verse 9. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. So here they are. Here they are. Their eyes are fixated on what they're seeing. They are just mesmer. This is such a wondrous thing. Looking at Jesus rise in the heaven. In verse 10, verse 10 says this As they were looking, they were intently looking up into the sky as he was going. And then suddenly, two men dressed in white stood beside them. Who were these? These were angels of God. These were angels of God. And what was the message they had to them? The message for the disciples. And you've got to redirect your eyes. You've got to redirect your eyes. Let's take a look. Verse 11. It says, Men of Galilee, angels speaking, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken up from heaven to you into heaven, will come back in the same way as you have seen him going into heaven. Yes, yes, there will be a second coming of Christ. Jesus will come back with the clouds, and he will come back in judgment. But for now, for now, instead of looking up, gazing in the sky, you've got work to do. You've got to set your eyes upon the lost. You need to be a witness for Jesus Christ with your eyes upon the lost. Who are the lost? The lost are those that do not have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. The lost are those who are in danger of internally perishing if they do not find the way. Jesus Christ is the way. Amen? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me, John 14, 6. We've got to have eyes on the lost to be a witness of of Jesus Christ with our eyes upon the lost. Go out, Jesus said. Start in in Jerusalem where you're at. Go past Judea, through Samaria, to the ends of the earth, expanding, uh, expanding. This is a command for all disciples, including you and me. Get out into the world around you and be a witness for Jesus Christ. Circulate. Circulate. In the world around you, as his witness, you know, during World War II, uh, Winston Churchill, you know, Hitler was bombing the uh, England, Britain. And, uh, uh, there, there, was a, there was a very dark time in that war. And Britain faced a critical shortage of silver. They told what Winston Churchill was told about this. And he asked, is there any silver anywhere that we can get, any remote place you can think of? And the answer was yes. There's silver in the churches, in the cathedrals, in the abbeys. There, they have these beautiful sterling silver uh, statues of the saints. And then Winston Churchill said this famous line. He said, well, it's time to put the saints into circulation. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You and I are those saints. We got to get in circulation. Amen. Be a witness in the world for Jesus Christ. It's what we're empowered to do. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit to be his witness with our eyes to reach the lost. Not only with our eyes to reach the lost, but with a heart to grow his kingdom. Verse 6. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? See, the disciples didn't yet fully understand. They were still looking for an earthly kingdom. They didn't understand what Jesus told Pilate when Pilate asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Do you remember what Jesus replied? My kingdom is not of this world. You see, until Jesus returns again, Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. It's a spiritual kingdom. It's a kingdom of the heart. And you enter into this kingdom by calling on him as Lord. You enter into this kingdom by surrendering to the king. You, When you turn to Jesus, you turn from your sin, you turn to, to the light. Listen how the apostle Paul writes about this in Colossians chapter 1. You, you turn from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Paul is, is, is praying to the Father. He's thanking God that that the people he's writing to have turned, have been delivered from darkness and that he himself had been delivered from darkness. And he says it this way, Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. He says, it says, Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. You see, that's the message, isn't it? God's love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave his only begotten son to be tortured, to be beaten, to be killed, to pay the penalty of the sins of the world. He was the only acceptable sacrifice to God to pay for all of our sins. And he did it for us. That's the message. That's the message. And after Jesus suffered, and after he rose again, Acts chapter one verse three, he he made several appearances. And it says this: it says what he says after his suffering. I'm in verse three now. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men. He gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And what did he teach them about? He spoke to them about kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. We're to have, we're, we're empowered to be Christ's witness with a heart to grow God's kingdom. We're not to convert people. That's not our job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. John 16. Our job is just to be a witness. Be a witness of the love you as experienced. You have experienced from the Father, through faith in Jesus Christ. Be a witness that God's forgiveness is available. God's salvation is available. God's kingdom is available. If you believe in the Lord Jesus. If you believe in the Lord Jesus, we're empowered to be Christ's witnesses. Empowered to have eyes upon the lost, a heart to build his kingdom. So, right now, We're to prepare. Prepare for the empowering of the church. The empowering of the church is first, the empowering of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who guides our life under the direction of Jesus Christ. It's the empowering by the Spirit as we wait on him. Don't be like Saul. Don't be like King Saul. Don't run out ahead. Wait on his timing. As we're baptized by him, you know, when we wait on God, we walk in God's power. And when we're baptized by the Spirit, we receive Jesus' Spirit. We become a member of the body. Here's the thing. There is a mystery in the Trinity, the one true God. There is a Father, Bible, you know, Jesus gave the command that we are to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When we baptize with water, as Christ commanded us to do, that is just a symbol of the Spirit. And, and, and the mystery is this. There is a unity in the Trinity of the persons of the Trinity. So where the Spirit, Holy Spirit is, there is Jesus Christ and the Father as well. So when you are, we're, we're, we're baptized by the Holy Spirit, the water baptism is a command. Yes, it is a command of Jesus. If you're my b- follower, I want to make a public prof- profession of faith through water baptism. But that's just a symbol of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So then, we're baptized by the Spirit, and we're empowered to be Christ's witness. We're not to be focused on physical wonders. You know, so many people today looking up in the stars trying to find UFOs. Huh? <laughs> God says, no, no, no. Get your eyes down here. You, know, we are, you are to be my witnesses on this earth for people whose eternal destiny is at stake. Get we gotta get out in circulation, huh? Put the silver out and put the saints out in circulation. Get out among the lost. Grow is have a heart to grow the kingdom. The kingdom message is a message of God's love. His message is. Is that to find his forgiveness, to enter his kingdom, you've got to submit to the king. The one who suffered for you. The one who died for you and rose again. Receive his spirit and you will enter in. Will you receive that message? Will you carry that message? Will we as a church, as an empowered church of Christ, carry the message of Jesus Christ through his spirit? Father God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for, you, for the Holy Spirit that you sent to us. Thank you, Jesus, that you, you promised that you would send the Spirit when you rose again, and you have. Thank you, Jesus, that you are here amongst us and with us through your Spirit. We pray your empowerment uh, for us as a church as we, as we seek to reach the lost, have our eyes upon the lost, Give us, Lord, your guidance. Give us your your, your your power. Help us to be all that you want us to be for your glory and in your name. Amen. And amen. Amen, everyone. So this morning, we're going to sing a, a familiar hymn in just a second. And, you know, if God has been speaking to you, if the Spirit's been speaking to you, uh, we invite you. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna be coming forward as we sing.